Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Spin Rack. I'm here with my boys, PD and Kyle. Say what's up, gents. What up? Ready to rock. Hey, today we're going to be discussing that hit show, We Are the World on Netflix. Yes, yes, yes. Hit doc. Huh? Hit documentary. It's not a show. Hit documentary, hot show, documentary, film, whatever. It was hot. I'm saying this is where this basically goes behind the scenes to talk about how We Are World was brought together. Um, What is this, the 30th anniversary? Maybe more. Was it 30? Sounds like more than that. Yeah, probably because 84 till now. So are you talking about 50 years? No, not 50. Is it 50? If it's, not 50, 50, if it's 80? 84, if it's 84 and it's 24, that's 40 years. All right, 40, 40 years. Yeah, 40, yeah. Some of you guys can't do math, so that's uh, it's the 50 and 30. Come on, <laughs> you're Mr. 50. I'm and asking 30. you a question. I didn't do the math. I was asking the question. Okay. So yeah, that's, hey, that's what we're doing here. The show we came on in, in on Netflix, the documentary came on Great. very well. P, do you want to say something? No, that was um the trailer. I was just filming so we have a picture. Okay. So here why was real why was the real world um why were all these artists after the Grammys brought together? They were brought together because they wanted to do something for Africa, particularly the, the, the starvation that was happening in Ethiopia during the time, during the Civil War. Remember, famine is man-made. It's not because of humans. I mean, not because of, of they, they couldn't get food. There's food all around the world. But there was a war going on in Ethiopia, and the government um, decided they wanted to starve their enemies. So um, millions of people were dying. Hundreds of thousands of people were dying. And the artists in the United States, of course, after seeing Band-Aid, Say, hey, we got to do something, get together and do something. And that's exactly no, what they did not. One person decided that not the artist Band-Aid from the, the UK. You can't say that they didn't. Oh, no, I didn't say that. Enough. You said that the artists decided they didn't decide. One person decided that this would be a good thing and started to the artists, which was a small sector of artists. And then they bled out to get them. They agreed. Yes. But one person thought that that these popular acts should do it and then they they said talk to Lionel Richie and um, of course Quincy Jones and Michael Jackson and then they wanted Steve had Stevie Wonder all said yes and then they started contacting other people and they all said yes also look Harry Belafonte after hearing the whole band-aid stuff went to Ken Kerrigan who was a manager uh where you one of those super managers yeah that's different from what you're saying thank you now we're on track Okay. Well, I was on track before. And so, so you were not. I, you know, we have people here. I don't want to. I don't want to. You know. You know. Talk outside what I have to say, but we'll, we'll keep it inside now. But you know, so they got together. Lionel Richie, Michael Jackson. They tried to get Stevie Wonder to do the song to help write the song, um, because they were trying to get everybody together. The best time to do it was after the American Music Awards, when they had a whole host of artists to come. They chose who would come in. Uh, they, they invited a whole bunch of people. Um, some people say Prince was snubbed. Other people say he, he declined the invitation. That's you no, 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 no. No that. one says that Prince was snubbed. The history on that is very, very clear. I'll handle that. You can keep on with the other nonsense. You know, but overall, they came, they came together for a great cause. Um, a great song was written in a matter of, what, two weeks? Um, and it's given over the years the money that's been raised from the charity has been what almost two hundred dollar, two hundred million dollars in today's time. So I mean, kudos for the American artists getting out there and knocking it off. Even someone from South Detroit, you know what? We're including the whole American artist thing. 
Okay. Good Lord. Well, Petey, do you have anything to say? Because you clearly have a lot to say. No, I just, um, it was an entertaining doc. It was cool to see um, them talk about how they put together and the idea of trying to make an anthem and sort of the ideas that um, Leonard Ritchie would do as far as the rhythm. And then he's talking about collaborating with Michael Jackson, who had all the instruments in his head as far as humming, and he would have these ideas. And of course, they have to also talk about some of the silliness of Michael having these animals. But it was interesting. Of the end, of course, who's one of my favorites is Stevie Wonder, how he was so hard in demand to get. And he's kind of like, um, you know, he's not, he's kind of your person that kind of steers the story away from the, the, the finale where we're just like, you know, he comes in late, he kind of, you know, adds a, 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 a monkey wrench to the thing towards the middle and then towards the end, he kind of helps out. So there's always, there's a lot of moments that, uh, that is there to enjoy, but Stevie Wonder is one of my favorites. So it's kind of tough to see. That he wasn't got he wasn't involved in the writing because I think he's a you know very strong songwriter and musician. So, um, but at the same time, it didn't hurt from hearing those so those building blocks and then them kind of getting the artists and the artists agreeing and some of the bits and uh, you know seeing some of the personalities come out like seeing um, Diana Ross kind of being non diva. Miss Diva Divas <laughs> being a non-diva, being a fan at points, being a supporter, and being one that wanted this to keep on going. Seeing Cindy Lauper, we think, you know, not saying we, but, you know, we don't always go to the voice because we think of her initial song being a pop song, but her being there, and they immediately say, yeah, she's a kind of a strong, you know, the arranger, person arranging, bringing out how strong her voice was, and we see it in there, and then, you know, see what she can do and then we see, you know, initial harmony work, but then you see people who had lower voices, they would have to not say anything, but you see that could kind of wear on your ego while you're doing it. So it was a, there's a lot of good bits in this thing. A lot of, I got to go to my notes, but I'm going to stop here because I talked a lot, but I'm going to get my notes to come back into stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think it's also the eclectic group of, um, of things that we have there. You have, you know, Stevie Wonder, Paul Simon, Kenny Rogers, just name a few, James Ingram, Sheila E., uh, Latoya Jackson, Marlon Jackson, you have Willie Nelson, Al Jarreau, you have um, Kenny Loggins, Daryl Hall, this is just some of them. And you know, some of these guys have fantastic, have great personalities and amazing you were able to corral. I mean, it was really tough for Quincy Jones to corral these guys, but you know, they had a shared um, goal that they had and they were able to bring it out. Um, you see, <laughs> I mean, just to talk about some of these guys, you see Al Jarreau, I mean, clearly was definitely very spirited in, in things that he wanted to do in the show. You, you see um, Kenny Loggins is one of the, the, the um, artists spotlighted and he does a good job talking about how he was brought in by Michael Jackson. You talk, you see um, Bob Dylan actually struggles at one point trying to, to get his part together in the, in, in the song. And you see how what Petey was saying, Stevie Wonder basically was able to uh, what is it, mimic his voice and show him how he could do uh, his portion of the song. Yeah, that was a, close to the end, and it's one of the more powerful scenes where he kind of felt like out of place. And he was kind of the, you know, the person who fought the good fight from from all this time, but he was in a song that he didn't, that really didn't fit him, and he was having a hard time. And then Stevie kind of shows him. He then does it, and that is the, basically the end of the song. It ended on a very strong note, having 
Bob Dylan in there who'd already had done so many songs that were so many poignant songs. So uh, it was, that was really fun. So sorry, keep going, because I'll get to my- and, 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 You know, and, and going back to Stevie Wonder, it's, it's interesting, he's such a strong, you know, everybody says he's a blind guy, but musically, and you know, he's a strong personality. So he comes in, even though he missed the opportunity to write the song, so like, hey, we, we, we writing this? And even yeah, halfway right. through the song, he's like, yo, let's change some words. Let's start, let's have some Swahili words in it. And no one's really telling him no until, um, uh, like his godfather, Smokey Robinson, comes in and says, yeah, listen, listen, little uh, Stevie, we're not going to do that. You know, you're derailing. We're losing time. You know, we got to get this oh. thing done. And then he gets everything out. And it's just interesting. Before how that, before that, we see Stevie doing his thing. And on the side, we see real Ray Charles laughing. And Ray Charles laughing at this thing going awry. And then you hear Ray Charles say, Quincy, ring the bell, ring the bell. <laughs> I, I, like having Rachel's bug out that Stevie's derailing this thing cracked me up to no end. He's like, ring the bell, ring the bell. I think someone pointed out that he's trying to bring in Swahili words into the song, and the place that this stuff is happening is in Ethiopia. So, you know, so then he tries to switch up and say, let's try to get some Aramaic words into this oh, song. Man, people are like, yo, dude, it's just too late for this, dude. Let's just, like, move on and do what we got to do. I just thought that was hilarious. Okay. And, and then there's well, another... The language, the language is Amharic. Amharic, sorry. Not... Amharic. My apologies. So then they also have a point where you have... Oh, no, we, we heard all that. Time to talk about Prince. <laughs> we're we're going to get to Prince, bro. He hasn't said anything. Let Cal let talk. Let Cal talk. No, hold on, let me get to the point. They said we're going to finish up this. No, you, no, no, no. You, you know, I gave you plenty of time. You, you wind it up. You talk about, uh, you're over here talking about Ray Charles. Now I'm talking about Prince. That's what people want to hear about. Wait a second. No, don't say it like that. Don't say it like that. There's a whole bunch of stuff here. Don't say it like that. Now, you ain't here in front of Ray Charles like that. No. That's right. That's what I'm saying. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. We got to have Cal's portion, but don't trash Ray Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't trash. Not trashing Ray. Hey, not trashing. But you're going on about, you've been going on all this stuff. People want to hear about Prince. Get to Prince in one second. So look, just want to finish up this last anecdote. So they were like, one of the funniest things they said they saw was that you know, um, Rachel, um, Rachel was like, yo, I gotta go use the bathroom. And Stevie Wonder says, you know what? I'll show you how to get there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Stuff like that is classic. You know what I'm trying to say? So Cal, you can you can go. Well, as, as the myth goes, okay, people were like, hey, you know, Prince didn't want to do it because he wanted to go to some nightclub and go party. Now Prince did go to a nightclub and got in trouble that night going to the nightclub so this bouncer went and got into his bouncer ended up beating up some dude. All of that is true. But before we get to all of that, Prince was made privy to We Are the World, as was a whole bunch of other people at the same time. Okay. And while he liked the song, Prince already did a bunch of stuff for charity. He already did a bunch of private stuff, like private performances for charity. He was really busy at the time and it was too much. It's like, no, he declined. He was not gonna do it. Unbeknownst to a whole bunch of people, though, they got Sheila E there. Okay, they got Sheila E there. Sheila E now believes that she was used as a lure to get uh, to uh, to get Prince there at the end of the day because she didn't even have a line. Okay, the line that Prince had was eventually sung by Huey Lewis at the end of the day. But you know, Prince declined. Now, go a little bit deeper. You know, you find out that Prince is like, hey, I don't want to be around all these dudes. He's used to doing his own thing. He's like, look, I don't want to do this. But and this is not something that's publicized a lot. He said, I'll be more than happy to dedicate a song for the album. But I'm not gonna be over here singing. I'm not gonna be over here singing with you cats at the end of the day. 
I mean, you, I don't know. You might remember back in the 90s, they actually did like a commemorative, I think maybe it was like a 10 or 15 year commemorative uh, presentation of We On The World. Everybody was on stage. Quincy Jones was on stage. And Quincy Jones tried to offer Prince the mic. And Prince was just there sucking on a lollipop. Even then, he wasn't singing. But you could just see he was very uncomfortable being with all those, with all those people. You see, like I'm solo act. I'm used to being in control of this stuff. I don't know this stuff. I'm not really, you know, I'm not really down with what's going on over here. So that, from your resident expert, is exactly what happened. Okay, Prince declined. He declined presently, pleasantly. He offered a song which appeared on the album entitled "For the Tears in Your Eyes," and he was already doing a lot of he was already doing a lot of charity work. They tried to get Sheila E there to say, "Well, look, come on, Sheila's here. Why don't you do this?" Sheila didn't have a speaking role. You can, if you want to hear what Prince would have sang, just listen to Huey Lewis's Nine. And, you know, that's exactly what he would have saying. But there is no reason to come to Prince. Like, Prince, you know, just snub, thumbed his nose, was busy, gave a full song to the album, donated money. That's the truth. Take it away, lads. Right. Uh, come, wait, wait, wait. We can't, we can't have this, 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 re, this, this, this false taught of history that oh, just, I'm not I don't, gonna I don't necessarily. I'm trying to say we need to like correct it. Let's call oh, it what it I is. Don't know if Michael was... Jackson was there, and he knew Michael Jackson was going to wipe his 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 thing there. So let's call it what it is. So everybody knew. Play that. All right. So look. I, let's I, not I, do that. Let's not get into the whole. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to say anything. Uh, none of that works. I would let that rock. I would go to the other bit that um Paul Simon said. Was he turned? I forget who he turned to. He turned to, it might have been um, Kenny Loggins, but he said, Hey, they dropped the bomb on this building. Then Den Bob Denver would be number one again. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> yeah, that was messed up, though. That was, that was totally wrong. Shouldn't have said that. that was, then um, the other thing is, which me and Mars have been fighting over, I'm sorry. Dan Iker was there to bring the drugs. Now we saw no drugs. Oh, come on. No, there. no, no. But why was that. Dan Aykroyd there? The Blues Brothers, bro. The no. Brothers. What his song puts him there? Everybody. No, they didn't have. This is like the pop, pop, uh, the pop artist, the top artist out there. As much as I love the Blues Brothers, one of my favorite films still to this day, I don't understand why Dan Aykroyd is there. Besides possibly having the, the good stuff with them. What do I mean? They had Marlon Jackson, Randy Jackson, Tito Jackson. I mean, come on. Edward Michael. They're just playing the hard. They part of the was somebody there. We, we, we have to look into that. But Ackroyd was. Filled up the stage. And then you have. So Jackson was there. What is Dan Ackroyd doing there? At least they were in a group. There were other people. Bette Midler was in the group and she was there. Bette Midler was, look, what does that have to do? Bette Midler still was, a, you know, had some sort of mystique to her. What does Dan Aykroyd have there? You see when Bette Midler's walking, it's like, oh my God, it's Bette Midler. She was a big deal back then. She wasn't a pop star like Madonna or any of those people, but she was a big deal. What is Dan Aykroyd there for? I said, we... Uh... You know, too. I think we just we're digressing, man. We're digressing. No, Dan Aykroyd was there to provide a steady stream of push. You're being nice. <laughs> he said, "I'm saying that he's in the he's getting instead of the Crystal Skull drinks, you bring that China White. <laughs> he bring that we white girl. You're not bringing that in." <laughs> <laughs> 
Keep bringing that white girl there. <laughs> we, we need to stop. He had, that, he, he had the white lines. Blow away. And, and, and I want to make a point, too, that you were saying, too, you didn't have lines. A lot of other people didn't have lines, too, in the in, in individual corn. Okay? In the corn. With no shoes and clothes. This ain't funny, but it took his money and flipped it up his nose. The other bit would be going back to Huey Newton, where they didn't know getting getting that part that Prince was supposed to have. They realized that he could do that. They said, I think I forget who said that he'd be good doing a solo, and he was good at it. But then they turned around and said, "All right, now you do this harmony with Cindy Lauper," and it's like, "Whoa!" Now they're putting him to the test. You can see Hall of Notes and all other people sitting, waiting for them to get it, and they got it, and they got it on record. They got it in the right, the right cue, but it was a tough one for him. So it was good seeing him out there, showing what he could do, showing his talent, and he's one of the best parts. But I will do my own personal thing of when we were kids, uh, me and my brother used to bug off the song, and I think my brother would do um, Stevie Wonder, and I would do um, Bruce Springsteen. And we would have, we'd sing it in harmony. So one would do the one part, now we do the other. So to have the contrast of the two, uh, having those two guys doing it, we used to bug off of that thing. So that's my one personal story about it. So I'm, I'm looking at this thing here where they're talking about some of the things that happened. So they talk about why um, Dan Aykroyd is there. It was purely by accident. He, was, he said in the New Hampshire Magazine back in 2010 that he was there interviewing managers and they were like, hey, why don't you come by? And he came in and that's how he got there. But okay. it's a funny thing too. Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy had a chance to go because he was in the studio with Stevie Wonder and Stevie Wonder's like, come on. And he's like, nah, man, I'm doing this song. Party all the time. And he said that was in a 2019 interview. He says, yo, I should have went that day. Wow. So we have one of the things that's being commemorated we should get the commemoration of party all the time at the same time. We should get the doc of how it was, we've missed out not having Rick Jones explain to us all of the things that, no, actually before, the, what's the name, before Chappelle show did did the party all the time, I think Mad, Mad, Mad TV did one where they had um, Eddie Murphy trying to come up with a song and um, Rick, uh, Rick James leaving to get some getting some drugs and he's like all right i'll be right back and he's like why do you keep leaving and then <laughs> they finally did the song but it was before the Chappelle show they did a gag on it but um ultimately i don't that's the thing i don't want eddie to be there i'm okay with the jacksons even though there's a gag out there where they have um who's it uh, dion warwick they asked he said you had all these great people and Latoya, and then they show Dionne Warwick laughing. I don't think that's an actual clip, but they cut it so it would be funny. Like, when we see Latoya, we know that she's there with the family, right? So, but she, that, she doesn't have a part. They didn't figure the Jack, other Jacksons in there. So they're just filling, the, they're filling up the room, so. Look, everybody else got a line. Michael Jackson got the best part. That's, that's your song. <laughs> Not everybody got a line. Most of the people there didn't get lines. There's only a couple people with distinctive. I'll rephrase. Some people got lines. He's going to continue with that. But yeah, it, not everybody got the lines. But continuing along those lines, you have the same thing. They said Madonna wasn't included, you know, because they didn't think the, the Cragen, the uh, music uh, manager, was like, he didn't think her voice was strong enough compared to Cindy Lauper. He thought hers was much better. 
And so that's Cindy why she... Lauper has a five octave voice range. Yes, she has a better voice. And so that's why um, Madonna wasn't chosen. So it was something that she was not uh, you know, crazy about. But yo, I mean, you couldn't and invite. That's why Pr- and that's why Prince wasn't there. And so, uh oh, he just said, gave us a big Dylan, there. Dylan, Dylan struggled there. Wait a second, we got to talk about that. What do you mean by that? That's why Prince wasn't there. He looked and he's like, this is chaos and this is not going to make me look any better. He's like, and I'm already doing this stuff. He's like, thanks, guys. I'll do my own song. I know it's how it's going to come out. I know I'm going to get some good. I know I'll get good licks in there and it'll be good. Okay. This right over here, he was going to sing Harry Lewis's part. I was like, okay. He would have probably been there like, what the hell is this? <laughs> you guys got me out here for this? I could have just done my own song. I'm like, no, here you go. Here you go. I'm going to donate some money. Oh my gosh, money. you're still with the donate the money. They all donate the money. Donate some money. I'm going to donate the chance to make history. You guys he didn't do it. And that's why he came back in 25 after the fact. You know? So look, he what do you did, mean they all donated money? To do, Whoa, got, what do you mean it, they all donated money? You so think Dan Aykroyd was donating his drug money? No, he wasn't. Yo, dude, we're not talking about Dan Aykroyd, and you cannot prove that at all. So don't make these type of baseless claims and accusations. Are you kidding? What okay. more proof do we need? It's a whole bunch of R&B and rock singers. What the hell is Dan Aykroyd doing there? They were. I just told you what happened. It was a pure accident that he showed up. Pure yeah. accident that he had the good stuff. Oh, wait, yeah. There you go. It was pure, right? It was pure and uncut. <laughs> he had that pure. And his girl. voice is now on the We of the World uh, thing. So no, I think they the- turned his mic down, and then next thing you know, they were like... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe oh. blend over into someone else's mic. But. You know, so, I mean, along with the writers of the um, Michael Jackson and um, Lionel Richie, who at the same time was also preparing for the uh, American Music Award, where he like swept a whole bunch of uh, awards. You also had that vocal arranger. I thought that was a crazy. Yeah, that was one of the best arranger. Yeah. Was I? I don't remember. His, you can recall his name. No, I don't remember. The vocal arranger was brought in to decide who should be singing together. And so he had to listen to all these tapes. Remember back then it was cassette tapes, you know, no CDs of so all these people. He decided stream. on his own to listen to everybody to figure out this. As the arranger, this is part of his job. So when they say get him the job to arrange, he already knew what he had to do, had the cards on the floor, figuring out where you're supposed to stand, how this thing would work. And, you know, so that's the seeing that the kind of, what goes involved because we see that title, but we don't know what's involved. And this is yeah, part of what he took on himself and already would tell Quincy how it's supposed to go. And where Quincy would be like, well, this person looked like, no, what vocally works is how he was trying to tell you. So that's what his, his job was. And he did most of the stuff without any direction. He kind of pointed it out to them, so. And, and the vocal arranger says that he thought the reason Prince didn't show is that he was afraid of Michael. You know, I'm saying this is what somebody else is saying. A professional who has talent to say things like this. I'm not starting. No, I'm just, I'm just saying what the man said, bro. You know, what I'm trying. So there was a good few for TV. Good for TV. Yep. The thing of it is, at the end of the day, if he had been there, it would have been fine. It wouldn't be no thing because Michael Jackson, who didn't get that many awards the year that um, Lionel Richie got some, was at the thing. At, in the studio early, uh, there for the project. So 
and that's at the same time outside of his only thing of him adding his own sort of words in there which which I you said already said that um who was it uh, Smokey Robinson kind of nixed that portion you know he was there for the project so Prince was there and they'd already been on stage together with um with um uh, James Brown so you know they take took in turns after uh, James Brown told them to come up on stage so they knew each other whether they had a rivalry or not didn't work together it wouldn't have been any big deal like what were we expecting to do fight clash of the titans no it would have been it would have just been the same thing and just like to say like the dream team like say where the dream team worked they sold you on magic and and bird which they did have some sort of a friendship at some point but in actuality you know jordan was out playing golf all the time and um doing whatever else and we had um yeah who's it um charles barkley being the star of it you know um who's and then we had larry bird and patrick ewan becoming close friends so that's the thing the way you want them to, to be the matchup may not have been the matchup we saw or it would have been uh, if if um she lee still had the outfit she had on from the what's the name from the from the American Music Awards, Prince would have been probably around her the entire night. So, because <laughs> I didn't remember that outfit, and I was just like, "Whoa!" I like, I know I was, you know. I'm pretty sure when the whole session was over, she went to bed with Prince that night. So I think he was okay. But that's the thing. Some of the other people they turned to. That's what she said. She said someone turned to her and said, "When when Diana Ross went to when I forget who she went to at first, but she asked someone to sign her music." And then everyone else was signing. It's like people ask Sheila Edom sign their music. So it's like, hey, you know, that's one of the, the magic moments. And that's one of the things where you see, you know, she was a part of it and pe letting people connect how they want to connect, rather. Now, Al Jarreau, like, obviously, they couldn't show most of this stuff because it probably was crazier than we saw. But <laughs> yeah, see. yeah, almost forgot Al Jarreau. Almost forgot. What was he on that night? <laughs> he, he was he was happy that's all we can say he was I, give him, I give him credit on the out the, the, the you know seeing harry belafonte and doing hey, the no hey, no that's hey, was, great. al Jarreau was so out of pocket i was like what's going on i'm so we are i'm like what are you doing dude? No, but, but you know what at least he at least he showed up bro stop it Stop. What are, you, what are you trying to say? What are you trying to say? At least he showed I, up. What are you I'm trying to saying say? nothing at all. I'm just pointing out facts. You know, people what's showed the, up. What, what's Dylan struggled. Dylan struggled and yet showed up. You know what I'm trying to say? Waylon Jennings walked out though. Waylon Jennings. But he laid down the track. He laid down the original tracks. And don't forget that though. He did. He was there, that. You know, until they started talking about Swahili. He said. And how it works. He was out of here. Come out. I'm out of this. Overall, I suggest that if you have a chance, I think you definitely should to, to watch the We Are World documentary. It's very fascinating. Also, it's great seeing um, all your different um, legends, because they're now legends, right? It's 40 years past. Legends. They were kind of legendary back then, so. Yeah. Yep. I, so, I mean, if you anyone you really liked, you like to, you know, it, they're, they're there. So, hey, don't miss the opportunity. Um, the next one that's coming out after that is Lionel Richie and how he broke up with his first wife, how his first wife beat beat his beat him and we're his, not talking about Oh that. yeah, I heard about that. What's the title? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> that, that look, that he, hasn't been proven. Even dancing on the ceiling didn't save that guy. He tried his best <laughs> to get away from his wife 
and she beat the hell out of he beat the hell out of that narrow <laughs> that narrow dude. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> is it me y'all looking for? <laughs> he grabbed him by that that, that 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 greasy curly hair and molly whopped him all across the house. The Commodore no, no, was cheering. The Commodore was cheering. Look, I think I think Sam, Sam, yeah. hold on, hold yeah, on, hold on. Sam, how did she beat him? How did she beat him? What were you all night long? All night long. <laughs> <laughs> oh not long. He should have known. He brought that that hole into because, the hole. because he was stuck on you. That's why he should have known. <laughs> there was endless love. Okay. Yes, that's the Mars that I. Hello? That's the Mars that a part of spinner rack. That's the Mars that should be all the time. And she did it easy, easy <laughs> like Sunday morning. <laughs> but he started running with the night. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Did she yes. catch him with a ballerina girl, and that's why she did all that? A ballerina yes. Girl? Yes. <laughs> you know, too much sweet love was going on. <laughs> gentlemen, I totally feel offended by all this stuff, so I think we need to stop. Shame me. Oh, God. That's what I'm talking about. But his new wife is three times a lady, so he doesn't have to hold <laughs> You better not say that to his, his first wife, his child's sweetheart. That Actually, means I'll catch his beat down again. I think the song was written for his mother. So. Oh, let's not get honorable mentions to Kenny Rogers. Kenny, Rogers. Kenny Rogers was there. He killed Kenny it. Kenny there holding it down, you know, doing We Are the World. Oh, my goodness. I mean, dude, I, I could have never done something. I could have never done something like that. Once you sing lead, yeah, I'm like, what? <laughs> I got to sit here and wait for my turn. Get the hell out of here. I'm out. <laughs> and, and, the and sign is check your ego at the door, Cal. You can't. Yeah, it had a sign there. Check your ego at the door. Thank you. Not, not doing it. I'm like, here you go. I'm just going to cut a check. What What about with, what's the name, with Diana Ross hugging up all against you? Instead of, instead of Lionel Richie doing that, He's, she's around you. I would have probably talked to Sheila E and said, can you get me Prince's autograph? Good Lord. He's not thinking. Of, and what kind of... I'm saying... <laughs> I'm there. All right. So I think we're wrapping it up. So anything else? No, I'm not going to ask you anything else. Two words, <laughs> either one of you. Two words. Check it out. That's three, right? Cal. Hey, I'll be good. It's a piece of history. If you want to find out more about this seminal point in music history, please check out this documentary. We're having a lot of fun with it, but hey, it's also very informative and it was a significant piece of musical history and world history as well. Spinnerack. We're out. Out.